everybody. This is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. And you are drinking coffee. I am. And why do you always tell me that you're drinking because coffee before we start our show? Because we're so close together on this microphone. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand that I'm drinking coffee, and I'm sorry that I'm drinking coffee. Well, here's the deal. Um, everybody says, oh, how great coffee smells. So why are you apologizing? Why don't you, why don't you say, hey, good news, I'm drinking coffee. Okay, I'll try that next time. Hey, okay. good news. Yeah, what's that? I'm drinking coffee. Oh, so good. I so, know. Uh, we are on location this week. Yeah, um, on a little um, weekend away. You know, i got to be honest with our audience out there. I used to try to um, pretend that we we're in some big radio studio and uh-huh. try to give this podcast slash radio show um, something that it actually wasn't. It's basically mm-hmm. you and I in front of a computer and a microphone talking about parenting stuff. It is. And in the beginning, I was... I don't know, my ego got in the way, and I said, let's pretend that we're in some big-time radio station. And actually, we're part of Pagatim, and they do have a radio studio They do, there. and that's part of the reason is because if we were where, in Portland, then where they are, be able we would to be it. in a big-time radio station, but we're in Chicago. But because we're in Chicago, and we don't own a radio station or a radio studio, we have to use our laptop and a microphone. Let's so buy one. We, yeah, that's next on the list. You know, we should say what this show is about so people don't go away. Uh, we're talking about violent video games. Mm-hmm. And um, why that's bad. <laughs> well, well, it's newsworthy. Newsworthy. The Supreme Court of this United States of America. What other Supreme Court? Well, there's Supreme Court of Illinois. There's the Supreme, oh, Supreme right, Court right. of California. The big one. Yeah, take it easy. All right. Um, they overturned something that Governor, ex-Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, I won't do it. <laughs> yeah, innocent women children down there. Oh, they need this food for God's sakes. That's what he oh, says man. in Running Man. Uh, who's seen Running Man? What's Running Man? Every husband out there has seen Running Man, and every wife out there is saying, "What is Running Man? And I have where no is idea he what running that movie to?" Is. is Arnold Schwarzenegger in that movie? Um, I just gave you the line. Oh, I'm sorry, Remember I've never Richard? Heard of that da- Actually, it's funny because Richard Dawson is like a Family Feud type host, and it's a game show of the future, and they rocket these people into this. Um, simulated event where you can die, and there's like this audience that watches. Oh my gosh, this is so funny because it connects to what we're talking. It does, about today. and that was completely not planned. Awesome. We're just having this realization now. We're in but yeah, flow. yeah, it's a um, game show of the future, and an audience watches these people. It's kind of like a, gla- a gladiator type of thing okay. of the future, and they put them in all these precarious positions, and a lot of the contestants die, and like all the audience is like, <laughs> they like laugh, and oh, we got a little bit of that in our society right now. We do. We're closer now to Running Man than we were when Running Man was actually came out, which was probably the mid-80s. So basically what you were saying is that when Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor of California, he signed a law mm-hmm. that said it is against the law to sell violent video games, basically mature video games, to children. So mm-hmm. it was basically a, a crime. Mm-hmm. And what happened last week, and I'm not quite sure what day, but um, the Supreme Court looked at that and said that is unconstitutional. Right. That is against the First Amendment rights. Um, they decided that even though sexual content makes a video game, some you know, makes a mature video game not legal to sell, right. um, violence is no problem. No problem with no violence. Problem. And actually, we're big fans of The Daily Show, and The Daily Show kind of made fun of it. <laughs> I know. They literally had in this one video game, I don't know what it was, but in the show... It was a zombie video game. It was game. a zombie video game, and they took this woman's... Like, they had something around this woman's... And she was fully clothed, 
but her like ankles and they literally there was tore. one guy on holding one ankle one guy holding the other and they tore her in half tore her in half and like all these guts spewed out and all that and how the supreme court is saying hey this is just like hansel and gretel from <laughs> the fairy tales that we would read when we were kids and what john stewart said was you know but if there's a nip slip <laughs> like if there's something provocative then that's not okay right a mal uh, a wardrobe malfunction mal yeah and uh, it's you know and and i i think it's important that i don't want to talk about just this case and we're not going no, to we're it's, not. it's because there's plenty of debate out there and you don't need us to chime in on whether or not the this is a good ruling a horrible ruling somewhere in between I hope that we um, give parents the resources and the tools to at least know what's going on. Well, and that's exactly... We were eventually going to do a show about media awareness as far as video games go and TV, and this, this ruling just gave us a good reason to talk about it because there, the video games out there, I think parents... Not all, but many turn a blind eye to what these video games really are. And I know... Go I'm, ahead. I'm going to say most. Most. And I know this to be true because one of the presentations that I do is a media awareness uh, presentation about violence on TV and violence in video games. And at the end of the presentation, I show a... Um, it's now quite outdated, actually, a videotape yeah. of clips from the 10 most violent um, video games. Yeah, it's a VCR it's tape. A VCR so this tape. tells you it's how outdated. old it is and things have progressively gotten worse. So this is... Is the worst as of like eight years ago and it's and the parents are beside themselves I've had parents cry when mm -hmm. they're watching this video because it's so violent it's um, and we'll get more into this but just to give you some some the gist um, it's obviously people killing people sawing off limbs um, complete carnage you know where they're just you know spewing bullets all over the place and, and it's not just showing the shooter it's showing showing the people who are dying it's um, a lot of uh, uh, clips from Grand Theft Auto where you're actually um, you know, having sex with women, mm -hmm. and they don't show the actual sex, but they show a car kind like, of rocking. Yeah, the game makers are smart enough to not show certain things where they're not where their game is going to get flagged. So, right. So, like like you were about to say, they'll show a man and a woman, a woman standing at a car. I think it's in Vice City, Grand Theft Auto, Vice City. I know we kind of know too much information about this right now because we've been reading about it. But uh, he picks up a woman. She gets in the car. Um, he gets points for having sex with her. He gets what's called health points. And then once he's done having sex with her, he basically kicks her out of the car and he gets even more points if he then beats her up and takes his money back. Then he gets like 125 more points for mm -hmm. whatever. So w the reason we want to talk about all these video games is I don't think that parents really understand what their kids are playing. Right. Our video games from our generation, Pac-Man, mm -hmm. what are the other things we pay? Uh, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Uh, Space Invaders. Yeah. Asteroids. Uh, Galaga. Galaga I, Galaxy. I can keep going. Right. I know stuff. because you probably have. What did you yeah. have? I, I, I had, had in television. I think, I think I had something really random like that too. It was like. It's funny how I, there was a certain loyalty towards the gaming system of your choice as a kid. Like most kids had the had Atari, Atari. Right. And I liked in television and I didn't. I mean, I went to my friend's houses to play Atari, but I was always loyal towards... And there was Coleco. There was uh, Commodore 64. I think that was like the first... Mine was a total knockoff because it wasn't like um, Pac-Man. It was called like PC something. Right. Well, the uh, name of the Pac-Man game for Intelligent was called Lock and Chase. Exactly. They just basically yeah. did the same thing and called it something else. But point being is that that is us, right? That's our generation. And so when our kids say that they're playing video games, we're like, oh, great. Go I have fun. I think we could do a whole show on our video games just to say how fun they were. They really were they fun. They were good. And every once in a while you see them in like restaurants and stuff. Well, it's so cool. great because on Atari you just had the joystick and one button and now you got like 85 buttons on the p 
PS, the PlayStation right. Two, there's like four, there's like eight buttons. It's hard to figure out. Well, I'm sitting here saying right, but honestly, I don't know because I I do play Wii. Mm-hmm. I'm not, and that's the other thing is Todd and I aren't like video games are awful. Get rid of them. Get them out no, of your house. No, we have a Wii at our we house that we pull out on special occasions. Yeah, but you, but I think the thing about this show is <clears throat> is we want to be conscious of it, and I do really want to give a shout out to the first teacher I had who really um, exposed me to this. Um, I got my uh, parent coaching certification from a place called the Parent Coaching Institute in Seattle, Washington. And Gloria DeGatano, who is the founder and CEO of the PCI, as we call it, um, she, we had a whole class about media awareness and about brain development of children. And she was very cutting edge about TV and video games affecting children's brains. Because this was at a time I went to school when Baby Einstein was huge. And everyone was saying, set your kid in front of a Baby Einstein with this classical music and their brain will grow. Mm -hmm. And Gloria was saying, this is the only way their brain grows is interaction with other people, actually moving your body, actually having something, playing with something, working on something. Three-dimensional Three-dimensional work. Right. But everyone was saying, no, no, you can make it easy. And she knew that. She had all that, that science and that research that wasn't, on the me- wasn't in the media. So and guess why it wasn't in the media? Because of money. Well, because it, it was about the media. Right. The media is not going to give you a research about not watching them. So Baby Einstein, I think that's still pretty big, but maybe not as big? Well, they have had to kind of pull back on saying that it actually makes your uh, child's brain so grow. So their message has changed by, a little bit. By that time, the woman who made Baby Einstein had sold it to, to Disney, Disney. And made quadrillion dollars. So it became something different. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think they can anymore say, oh, your, your baby's brain And we grows. did that. I remember sure. falling asleep uh, watching that with JC at like 6 o'clock when she used to go to the bed when she was one year old. And it's not like we did it all the time, but we fell victim to that. We did, and that's that's why the PCI was so influential, and so I really want to make sure Gloria, um, you know, if you're interested in that, the Parent Coaching Institute, the PCI.com, you know, she's was cutting edge in this. But we've continued, on, you know, staying close to the research of this and how it's now beginning to be uh, more common knowledge. Mm-hmm. Well, and at the, um, if we can go back just one step, um, and I don't know if this is true, so you have to tell me. But okay. wasn't there something in your presentation that? Uh, you got extra points for urinating on people and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think that was postal. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. The thing is the video games change every year. Like right. the top 10 most violent video games this year are different than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are similar, like God of War and Postal and um, Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. Some of them. Call of Duty. Some of them, they just basically have like Grand Theft Auto. They, they just call it something else or God of War Part 3. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. And it becomes more realistic and more realistic. Yeah. Because especially our gaming systems are, it looks like real people now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it used to be all fuzzy yeah. and foggy. Yeah, it was like, a, yeah, exactly. But it, it is, um, and, and you know, I think we should add some research here because people, there are some people listening who play video games because people our age love video games, yeah. right? What did you say the average age was of a gamer? Of a gamer is 29 years old. 29. So there are children playing video games. There's a high percentage of children playing and buying mature video games, but the the average age of a gamer is 29. Mm-hmm. So it's not just kids. It's adults. And so... Um, you know, a lot of us will say, oh, it doesn't hurt me. It's no big deal. Well, it does. It, it can affect a child's growing brain. Just like we talked last week about how medication that's made for adults, sure, it works in adults, but we're giving it to children whose brain hasn't fully developed. Um, same thing with video games. We are, the children's brain, they're creating these neural pathways in their brain. Every time they do something as they're growing, you know, as they're, they're doing things in school or having activities or social experiences, they're creating new neural pathways in their brain that start to connect these pieces and strengthen their executive functioning and, you know, all sorts of things. And, 
And if what they're doing all the time is playing video games, especially violent video games, let's be very clear, um, we're not talking about bowling here, Mm -hmm. um, then that's the kind of thing that gets strengthened, that reptilian part of their brain um, that is about the fight or flight and, and, you know, those places that do reside in us get strengthened. So if I can... um kind of rephrase what you just said because you just used a lot of big words I'm sorry <laughs> and I'm not such a big fan of big words you used executive function and reptilian and some other things basically I think what you're saying is if a kid is playing video games where he's shooting kids shooting other people all day it numbs their ability to see that this is actually something that is, goes against the our good, moral code our moral code and if you're doing that a few hours a day then it becomes less and less a big deal it becomes too normal they become i like your word numbed out or desensitized to it and it normalizes the this killing right. and that and you know the killing and the blood and the gore and the having you know sex with prostitutes and and can we can Todd and I sit here and say the research has made a direct link that if you do that in a video game you're absolutely going to go out and do it in real life no no but one but, thing and, and I'm a little fearful in saying this but I'm going to say it anyways but those two kids that did Columbine they oh yeah. they practiced on those games didn't they played they? Doom. Okay. And a lot of people can say, well, that was just a part of it. There was other things. You were being bullied or whatever. And which, that, and that, those are all true. Those are all true, but too. But that was a component. A piece. And that's the thing where we get all stuck is about it's not the video game, but the video game is a piece. It's a contributing factor. Actually, I'll give you a, a better story okay. as far as the, the connection here. There, one of the first school shootings was in Paducah, Kentucky. Right. And it was a kid who was 14. And he was, he had a lot of issues, uh, mental diagno- uh, diagnosis and that kind of thing. But he was playing video games all the time. And he, he basically became, and I'm trying to remember, it was a really basic one, mm-hmm. but I can't remember what it was. Anyway, he became so good at this video game that he became what um, military would call a sharpshooter. Okay. So when he went into Paducah, Kentucky and shot up his school, and it happened to be, a, it was a Christian school, school or some kind of religious school, he, there was a prayer group like seven, eight kids in a prayer group, he shot almost all of them in the head. Hmm. And military, um, you know, professionals or, or whatever, high-ranking, uh, what do you call it, officials, oh, whatever, whatever. The people who they have said that that's just crazy sharpshooting, that that is just almost impossible. Mm-hmm. But he had gotten so skilled um, at playing video games that he was able to do that. Mm-hmm. And he killed, I think, four or five of them and injured the rest. Right. And so... Do you, and so this is what we're trying to say is that it may not be the only thing, but is a contributing factor mm-hmm. when kids, especially children who aren't completely um, connected to reality, right. are then playing these games. It's simulation. Right. And the army, um, I know the army for sure. I can't say about uh, the other armed services. armed services, but they use video games as simulation to help train mm-hmm. You know, yeah. people. What who does do that this. tell you? I know the army is using these games to teach there are young men and women to kill, and yet a seven-year-old, as I understand it, a seven-year-old can walk into Walmart or some retail store and demand that they want to buy Call of Duty, and I think they have, under this law that was just passed by the Supreme Court, have every right to do that. Well, let's. I don't know if it's every right. The people who sell it will not be criminally prosecuted for it. So there are people who can who make a choice. Like, I actually just read this article um, before we started this about that there are stores who 
do not who who twenty like I, they have a percentage who don't sell mature video games or CDs mm-hmm. to children under age mm-hmm. that have a pretty good reputation for that. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of stores mm-hmm. that could care less. Well, and I'm I, I'm guessing that there's going to be a time where some parent of a seven year old um, sues that store owner for not selling them that game because the Supreme Court just said, hey, they can't do this. They can't prevent them from That's from the key. Going they can't buying. prevent them. Do you see the difference? Mm-hmm. That it there the whole thing that happened when we were in high school or whatever about putting um these mature or M what are some of the other ones? E for everyone. E for everyone, M for mature I don't it's know. It's basically a rating system right. for CDs and mm-hmm. also for games. Right. That was kind of put into effect when we were younger, like right. high school and college. That was the whole Tipper Gore thing. Right. And that was such a huge issue as far as freedom of speech and First Amendment. But it eventually got done just to give parents information that this is the information contained in, in what, you know, this is what your children are buying. Right. Now we're trying to make it not only, you know, is it going to be labeled, but if you sell these things to children underage, you can get in trouble for that. And that's what was knocked down. Gotcha. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. And, uh, you know, the logistics and, and the formality of it, I, I'm not an expert on it. I just know that it seems like this is going in a direction that goes against my gut feeling. But having said that, it's not a big fight between First Amendment and everything else. What this show, what I'm hoping this show accomplishes, is exposing what's out there. Exactly. And giving parents the tools to understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I think a lot of parents don't have any clue what goes on in those games. And, you know, I know a lot of parents have rules, hey, you can't have computers in your own room mm-hmm. because some things you can do. But I'm sure a lot of parents don't have that rule and they don't have any idea. And it's not just about what they buy at Walmart. They can download whatever they want and put it on their laptop. So parents have to take an absolute direct and uh, know exactly what's going on. It's not up to, in my opinion, it's it's not up to the government to prevent this from happening. The parents need to do it. And I know that there's a lot of arguments every different way, but this is a parenting show. So I want to say, parents, if you're out there, educate yourself and know what's going on. And I think people who think that this Supreme Court um, ruling is ridiculous are the people who say, as parents, we can totally, we're going to you know, get involved, but we need some government assistance. If my child can walk out the door and go, walk a, or go buy a mature video game and play it at someone else's house, how can I control that? And I think one piece that is important to discuss is my nephew um, is at that video game age. How old is, uh, but she's 11 to 11, some 12. Time, some between 8 and 20. And he and I... <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Um, but he and I had a discussion about video games the other day, and he, he does not have them in his home, but his friends have them. Sure. And so we were talking about what was involved in them, and the discussion that I had with him, even though I know he's a really smart kid, is you know, you know, I said to him, you know that what's going on in those video games, especially the stuff with the demeaning the women and urinating on people, mm. this is not real life. And of course, he's like, yeah, I know. But I was just trying to open up a discussion with him about, I know what's in those games, and I know you may play it, mm-hmm. you know, not very often. They were actually just having a conversation about that upstairs. You know, it's not something he is, quote unquote, allowed to do. Mm-hmm. But these things are out here, you guys. Yeah, and, and, you, s- and you're reduced to the lowest common denominator of the parents out there. I mean, it's like whenever you send your kids to school, as soon as your your kids make friends, you are exposed to no, your to kids so are exposed more. to a world that you that are outside of the four walls of your house, and I almost feel like this is um, scratching the surface. I feel like you have to dig deeper, and you know that's what we try to do on the show is having a discussion yes. with your kid about what's in those games, about what they play, 
And it's not just about what's going on in your house. You right. need to talk to them. Hey, you were at Johnny's the other day. What did you play? And hopefully that there's enough trust in there for them to tell you what they played. Like Max, our nephew, called his dad and said, hey, I want to play this game. Is it okay? Right. I mean, that is an open line of communication. It is. And I think a lot of parents turn a blind eye to it, and it is not up to the kids to do it. You need to reach across the aisle and figure out how you're going to engage in your son or daughter. And when they tell you these kind of things, and this can extend as with, as they get older and they may start experimenting with other things, instead of just a shutdown of, oh my gosh, that's awful, that's the worst, you're grounded, come home, blah, and closing that line of communication, keeping that discussion going. Well, tell me about the game. Mm -hmm. Tell me what happened in it. You know, how did you feel when you were playing it? And you don't need to get cheesy about mm -hmm. it, but just engage them in that conversation so they can continue to come to you right. about these issues. Because I think what we do is we jump on the fear right. and we say, how dare, or we jump on the, how dare you do something I told you to not do. Right. And the thing is, sorry, parents, mm -hmm. your kids are going to try things that you told them to not try. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who think, oh, no, no, I got it under control. That, I think that there's some, what's the word? That's not turning a blind you're eye. You're turning a blind eye. Well, and the and the ratings things, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to digest what you said before. I mean, that is a tool. You know, if yeah. it's V for violent, you know, I mean, that is like an eat, like it's like the cereal box. If, you know, there's a sometimes a rule in our house, if this if the cereal has more than this much sugar, this we sugar, can't have it. We can't have it. Well, you can't play games that have a V on it or something right. like that. I think it's M. Oh, mature. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, because we don't even know, because we got three daughters who love Cinderella right now. So, <laughs> we're not we, there yet. We're not in that world yet. But, familiarize yourself with all these different type of ratings and and if you don't know maybe you do your own research on the game i mean get online and figure it out or watch it or play it i really mean it because you know we're talking about video games now but the same with tv shows when mm -hmm. your kid is watching a certain tv show and you haven't watched it when you see it sometimes you're like whoa mm -hmm. that's not really what i want my kid watching mm -hmm. and you know and and they may watch it at someone else's house you know who's to say but at least you need to start that conversation you gotta have the conversation because like, even when i watch football with the girls there's all these you know questions cr crazy yeah. commercials on mm -hmm. and can I can I protect them from never seeing these commercials no mm -hmm. so you have a, a platform where you can talk about it. like I've even said I think on this show before um, if you want to have a good discussion with a kid and sometimes eye-to-eye -eye contact sitting across the tail from one another and at, at the kitchen table is too intense and you know Dr. Phil is not somebody I watch but he was the Oprah guy mm -hmm. And he said some of his best conversations are with his son while they're playing video games mm -hmm. because it takes all the pressure off of it. Mm -hmm. Maybe the, I mean, that is one of the benefits. Now you're not playing a violent video game. You're playing something, you're bowling or you're golfing. Well, or you're and that's something. the big difference is I think people get too cut and dry. And the other word we use on this show all the time is balance. You don't have to throw everything away and you don't have to think of video games as being just the worst thing that ever, ever come out. You need to be thoughtful about the video games you play and when you play them. There needs to be some structure and boundaries around it rather than a kid just goes, off and plays video games for six hours right. a day because that's where kids brain development getting back in this brain development piece is really getting affected is a child who is not socializing with other kids a child who is sitting on their butt and not moving a child who is all they're doing is focusing either on killing or, or maintain or getting some award or reward for what they're doing in front of that screen they are not their brains are not developing the way they are supposed to. That's when there's a challenge. If your kid is out playing and then comes home for 30 minutes and plays Wii Bowling, big deal. Yeah. You know, it's, that's a different thing. Right, it's a balance. And then this is something that was news to me, and you told me about this not too long ago because there's somebody that you ran across that was in a 12-step program for games. Yes, for video games. And I thought you were joking. No. And they have, tw and I think this is big in China or something or uh, where – it's like the worst addiction out there right now because these people, instead of getting up to going to work, 
they're playing these games. And they can't get off of them. It's just like gambling in yeah, a different way because you're trying to win something, achieve something, and you and you can keep getting to higher, higher, higher levels. So there's never a point where you say, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You can always find a new game. And my friend who was um, dealing with this addiction was in a 12-step program. He unfortunately had to get off the internet completely, which affected his life in so many ways as far as email, his billing. I remember running into him at the library. He's like, I got to do all my billing here because I can't have a computer at home. And, you know, we can laugh or smile about that, but you guys, yeah, it's, that's a real issue. There's a, And I, I just think it's so crazy how the brain works and, and how the brain can kind of grab onto anything that, I don't know. I, I just, well, and that it really, let's go back to what addiction is, mm-hmm. just to be clear. Addiction is something where we can escape our reality and fill that void with something that feels good, even though it may not be good for us over and over again, like alcohol, like food, like shopping like gambling. All these things are addictions and we can say, oh, that you can't get addicted to that. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. If it's something, you know, coffee, mm-hmm. sugar, um, cigarettes, right. you know, things that are not necessarily good for our body, but they make us, they help us escape. Right. And video games, I would say that is the definition of escape. Well, and it's things like too much of anything, anything. is not a good thing. Right. Like I, I used to, I, I, ran a, I run one marathon and even while I was training for the marathon and learning it, there were people out there, and I don't want to scare anybody, but what you do is you hyperhydrate before a marathon to get right. as much fluids in your body as you can. Well, there have been people out there that have hyperhydrated so much where they die. Right. Because so they have too, too much, much water. water. Water, the element that creates life. Right. If you have too much of that. We are mostly water. Yeah. yeah. You can die. So there is too much of anything, whether it's. Um, ice cream or pizza or well, it's nature. It's nature telling us that balance is the only way to be. Yes. Anything and too much and excess. And so I think that is really who we're talking to on the show is the two things that we want to get across is number one, know what's in these video games. Mm-hmm. There's sexist things. There are racist things. Mm-hmm. There are some video games that have awful racist comments in them. Right. There are um, obviously ridiculously violent things, especially these zombie games you guys watch out. I mean, they're really disgusting. And right. and instead of turning a blind eye and saying, oh, my kid's playing video games in the basement, see what this is. Right. Talk to them. Ask them. Tell me about your video games. They may tell you straight out mm-hmm. because they may assume you know. Right. And have some knowledge instead of thinking it's Pac-Man. And then the other thing is, is just being thoughtful about you know your kid's brain and what they're doing on a daily basis. How much are they doing it? And and, um, you know, are they getting outside and experiencing people and having and having their brain grow appropriately? Um, tell me, so who who have you done the media presentations well, for? Well, I do media presentations for a lot of schools. And obviously for a lot of, um, well, not obviously, but I've done them for a lot of women's groups and mom's groups. They're the ones who are just beside themselves about what is in this video church games. Church groups, probably. Church groups, yeah. There's been some real strong reaction to what I show. And again, like I said, it's outdated. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what they, you know, some of them look like now. But my media presentation is one of my favorite presentations that I give because I think it really contains a lot of uh, great information that's really current about what's happening with children's um, brain and and how we can better serve them as far as becoming a healthy individual. Mm -hmm. And so if that's of interest to you on our blog, um, we will post uh, a link to all my presentations. But you can also go to my website, kathykasaniadams.com. And um, I'd love to come out and talk to you about it. Well, and we're starting a kind of a new push for something called Mom's Night In. Yeah, and that, or Girls Night In. Girls Night In. That's right. not, Girls Night In, and that is uh, something that uh, it's kind of a new spin on what we've talked about before, but it doesn't have to be a church group or a mom's group or, or a anything book club like or that. anything, just like a group. If you of, have a group yeah. of moms or moms and dads, if dads want to show up, then maybe we'll do it together. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, 
uh, check us out and let us know, and we will come out and, and talk c- to you. basically come to your house or wherever you want us to come and have these discussions. And you guys can make it kind of a night together, having you know food and yeah. wine, and have make it be fun. Yeah. Um. So just a great way to be informed while having fun, right, sweetie? That's right. I that's love right. having fun. I love not having fun. That's a line from Arrested <laughs> Development. In my opinion, one of the all-time oh, great. Totally shows. underrated. Well, actually, it wasn't underrated. It, Everyone knew it, it was, was rated good. very well, but nobody, nobody watched, watched it. it. Todd and I loved that show. Arrested Development. Oh, um, so good. Uh, the parent resource of the week is a photography company called Zhang Zang Photography. Z H E N G Zhang Photography. And we'll pu- we'll put the link on our webpage. But uh, we just got our pictures taken this week with our girls, and we just looked at them last night, and they're, they're awesome, amazing. So very candid, very relaxed, very real. They're there's probably the best pictures that, and we you know we yeah. have a daughter who's eight years old, so we've had plenty of professional oh, photo yeah. shoots, you know, at Target or whatever. Uh, we went out on location at Elmhurst College, and it, they turned out just awesome. They're beautiful. So, um, so we'll post uh, Zang Photography's website on our blog also and on our Facebook page. And maybe we'll post some pictures of yeah. what was taken. Yeah. So, And then um, Avid Company is the name of a painting and renovating, remodeling company in Chicagoland area. They do great work. They do great work. So both of these companies, actually, if you're interested in either getting a room painted or getting your bathroom redone or you need some photography, um, mention Zen Parenting and you get a discount. At Avid or at Zang Photography. Either one. So it's, it's avid.com or is it, was it? Uh, avidco.net. Avidco.net. Mm-hmm. And then what's Avid's phone number? 630-956-1800. Excellent. And um, I think we're down to my movie line, aren't okay, we? Okay, let's hear it. Uh, my movie line for this week is Richard, <laughs> fat guy in a little coat. Or no, actually, yeah, it's Richard. Shut up, Richard. <laughs> Fat guy in a little coat. So um, hopefully you enjoyed it. This is Todd Adams saying goodbye. And this is Kathy Adams. Have a great week. See you next week. Bye-bye.